T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio 97.5 and 12.40 KFH. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Looking around at some of the things happening today. Uh, Tommy, did you see the Wichita State women last night? Just a pretty remarkable performance regardless of the opponent. Another not good team they played, but, man, they put 105 on them. 105 to 38. And we continue down this path of, of Shocker women's basketball that they are handling their business, which honestly is really good to see. They're 10 and three. Uh, They have a loss at Omaha in overtime. They have a loss to Kansas by 20. Kansas is pretty good. And they have a loss at home to Wyoming by five. They followed that up with their most recent game. They interconference play on Friday. So they're beating everybody they're supposed to beat, which again, that's a great thing. That puts them at 10-3. and three. They're off to a really nice start. They're best in a while. Now we enter conference play in the Shocker women this weekend. It's interesting, but it's you know positive signs, I think, for a program that's needed them for a few years. I'm pretty curious to see how they can hold their own in the conference. You know, it's taken a little while for Keitha Adams to get her groove as the head coach uh, for the Wichita State women, and, and it kind of got to the point to me also where I – started thinking going into this season, they're going to have to show something. Uh, and they did, and they have, uh, you know, through the non-conference play. You mentioned Kansas. They're a really good team. They're a top 25 team. Um, but then you get into conference play, and there's no reason for me to to not think that this team has a chance to compete and be one of the top American teams uh, in the conference. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what Keith Adams and the squad can do as they enter into conference play. But, yeah, that was – that was quite a margin of victory last night inside the roundhouse. Whenever you can put up over 100 points and hold your opponent to under 40, uh, you got to feel pretty good. I don't care who the opponent is. you got to feel pretty good about that. Yeah, it's um, it, it's an interesting one, and, and I'm glad to see it too. I don't know a lot about the American on the women's side as far as the other teams in the league. We're going to have to see that play out a little bit. And, and honestly, Tommy, it's not all that different for the men, right? We know Houston's really good. 
we've seen that. Um, outside of that, though, like, do we really know anybody is great? We've seen Memphis play pretty well. Um, but it's pretty unpredictable American athletic conference on the men's side, too, which creates an interesting scenario. The Shocker men start on the road tonight at UCF. That game tips at 6. Um, you will, you know, we'll, we'll make our way through all that. I, I just, I don't know what to expect there either. And you get that game, by the way, on KEYN. Uh, pre-game starts at 5 o'clock over on our family of networks here. But Craig Porter Jr. is an unknown at this point. Taylor Eldridge had some reporting yesterday that basically it's day-to-day. I don't, so I don't know what to expect there. I don't know that we have a real good idea. Uh, but we'll find out tonight on how significant that injury is. That's you know, a critical part of this. He's been the most influential player on this roster and for you know when you combine everything in totality so you know we enter this thing and again i it's it's been so difficult with Wichita State basketball this year cuz i'm not sure what we've learned right we we've learned that they can play really good defense that we have learned and i think that's going to keep them competitive in just about every game they play in the league if that's their baseline which i think that it is can they score enough to you know, exceed the seventh place prediction. I think they probably can. We'll see on Craig Porter. Um, But it really is a conference season now for a little while where we're just going to have to sit back and watch these teams start to play each other because I don't have a good feel for the conference outside of Houston and that Memphis looks pretty good. Like, I don't don't have a real good feeling about, not feeling, a good feel for really any of the teams across the league. I don't know if we at this point have a really good feel about the Shockers either. I mean, I think we we know generally speaking what the team's strengths and weaknesses are, but from game to game, you know how how, um, how well they play, if they are able to play to those strengths, or if they uh, if they don't. I mean, I think that that is dependent upon the personnel and and the way that they're executing. I don't like the fact. Uh, And this is just me. I don't have any proof. I don't have any knowledge of the situation. I don't like the fact that Craig Porter Jr. is listed as day-to-day. I don't think that's a good thing. Um, I would almost rather, and I understand the reasoning why, but I would almost rather um, there kind of be like a a set like, hey, he's going to be out for a couple of weeks or he's going to be out for, I mean, whatever the timeline is, because we know, at least my gut tells me, he's not really day-to-day. I don't think he's playing tonight. I know he's a, a quote, game-time decision, according to Taylor Eldridge, but um, he hasn't practiced uh, since the injury. Um, of course, they were off for a couple of days for Christmas, but I can't imagine he plays. Uh, when you when you call somebody day-to-day, you don't really have a good understanding or a good indication of how long we're talking about. And we've seen day-to-day injuries extend for a long time with no other clarity. So I would like there, maybe they don't know, maybe they don't exactly know how long it's going to be. I just, you know, day-to-day basically tells us nothing, uh, but I would be shocked if he plays tonight. Yeah, I would too. Um, I would too. I I just, what I don't know, and we talk about we don't have a real good feel. I mean, I really don't have a good feel on whether or not they can survive without him because we haven't really seen much behind him, right? Like we don't – we haven't seen a whole lot of anybody else play that position. And we don't even know – and, you know, Taylor pointed this out in his article. Like are they going to go with 
with a traditional point guard at that point? Yeah. Flanagan or Shema Scott, like, do they do that? Or do they just slide other guys who have a little more experience over and run without a true point guard? That's a good question. Turnovers have been an Achilles heel for this team for a while. They've gotten that a little bit better the last few games. You know, if they can if they can get somebody else in there and not turn the ball over, I think they'll be fine defensively. Craig Porter's a great defender. He's he's an unreal shot blocker from the guard position. But I, I mean, I don't know. Like we, we anything we sit here and speculate, yeah. I have no well, idea. Look, I, and that's a big, big question mark, assuming Porter doesn't play is how do you try to replace that offensive production, right? And I get the turnovers. That's important. So you want to have somebody who can handle the ball well. Uh, but you're you're weakening. Without Craig Porter, you're weakening an already weak offense, right? And so I almost think that maybe you sacrifice. I think you have to sacrifice the ball handling and potential turnovers to get a good uh, replacement offensively if Craig Porter doesn't play. So I don't know if that means sliding somebody over, playing without a true point guard uh, in the absence of Porter if he doesn't play tonight. But you, you have to try to replace those minutes, and you have to at least try to try to replace the offensive production as best you can without Porter on the floor. So I almost think that the offensive output becomes more of a priority than making sure you have a good ball handler out there just because the Shockers already struggle scoring the basketball uh, at times, and so without Porter, who is your best offensive option, you've got to try to replicate that somehow. Yeah, it, and we'll probably honestly like we're going to see both, don't you think? Like we're going to see him try. I think both so. Ways. But I yeah. would rather I would rather not have you know, if you put in Melvin Flanagan or Shamas Scott, both of those guys we know can handle the basketball. Uh, but I would, I mean, what what are you going to prefer? You're going to prefer somebody like that handling the basketball. And the Shockers, I don't know, putting up 45 points in the game because they've got nobody to replace the scoring that Craig Porter brings to the table? Or would you rather shift somebody over, well, maybe turn the ball over a little bit more, and potentially score more points? I think you almost have to go with that. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't some offensive juggernaut this year. Certainly, he's the best I, I'll option tell you that this. they got. Yeah, he's not scoring at the at the at the uh, level I thought he would, but he is leading them in scoring at 12.8 points a game. Um, you know, I, I thought that would be higher, and I'm not saying that as a knock on him. I think he's just done different things this year. Um, but I, I will also say, and to be fair here, his defense is going to be missed. He leads the teams in steals. He leads the team in steals and blocks, but he's turned the ball over too much. Um, you know, 47 assists to 33 turnovers. You'd like that to be better than that. So, again, I I think that there may be a way to do things a little differently than what you've done with Porter. And I don't think that's going to be better. They're going to be better if Porter plays. But there may be a different path that we haven't seen yet if they can just absolutely take care of the basketball and absolutely lock people up defensively that, you know, it's hard to imagine losing any offense on the team. But I I, I do think there's a world where that could be the best path and solution. I don't know though, and and I think we're gonna have to see it play out. If if Porter can't go, it's they've had a long time, quite frankly, to prepare for that because he hasn't practiced. So that helps too, right? It, it's not like there's been a question and he's been trying. He hasn't practiced. So whatever it is that they're going to do, or whatever handful of options they can throw out there, 
they're going to have the ability to do that. UCF's been pretty good this year in the non-con. They're nine and three. Um, you know, as far as who they've played, uh, let's pull up their schedule real quick. I know they've had a couple of opportunities um, this year, and they've been they've been a program that's sort of on the come for a little while, right? They had the the tournament where they should have beat Duke, um, and that didn't happen. But you know they've they've been relevant for a little while. Missouri beat them by two, very similar to the Shockers, right? Um, they they have a win against Ole Miss, Miami. One of their other losses beat them by two, so their their losses to 14th ranked Miami, uh, to Mizzou, they beat Oklahoma State. I'm just trying to look for some any commonality here. Uh, they beat Ole Miss. I don't know what that means. Um, and they lost to UNC Asheville in early November. So I don't know. I, I, again, it's hard to like take a whole lot from it. But in common opponents, they have a similar outcome to Missouri. And they played Oklahoma, and they beat Oklahoma State. So I don't think there's that much separation, Tommy, between UCF and Wichita State is my point here. Now, they get the game at home, and they get it when the Shockers are missing their best players. So they'll be favored. I, and I, you know, yeah. we say that. I haven't pulled that lineup at all today. Let me see if I well, can find that while you look, react there. Yeah, look, and I, I think that um... – you know, you mentioned there's probably not a lot of separation between these teams. There's clearly more separation if Craig Porter Jr. does not play. Um, it's going to end up being uh, a game, assuming and assuming he doesn't. And I don't think he is. We're we're going off of the information that we have where they're calling him a game time decision. But um, I would be surprised if he does play. So I'm going off of the thought that he's not playing. Um, it, it's we talked about how do you replace the production? You know, do you shift somebody over? Um, what does that look like? But I think that what's even more important is that the other guys on the court that we know at times can have good offensive outputs like Jaron Pierre, uh, James Rojas, um, you know, some of these other guys, they're going to have to step up offensively. Um, you can't replace the minutes that Craig Porter Jr. brings to the table. You can't replace his leadership, but you can look at some of these other options on the court that we've seen from game to game be able to score the basketball because I think that that's really where you miss Craig Porter the most. Of course, his defense, you miss. You miss the blocks, you miss the steals, you miss all of that. But for a team that has trouble scoring anyway, you're really going to miss the points that Craig Porter can put up. And so one of these other guys, whether it's Pierre or Rojas or somebody like that, uh, is going to have to step in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's Ro Rojas has been a little out of control, but but he's got an opportunity here. There's a lot of guys with a lot of opportunities, and I again, it's so I looked it up. The line is six and a six and a half. Excuse me, right now to Central Florida. I would probably I would probably lean Shockers with the six and a half points because I do think both teams are pretty close. Um, I doubt there's a whole lot of movement depending on what we learn about Craig Porter just because it's not like a headline game. So you might watch that, especially if Porter plays, then I would probably hammer six and a half points pretty hard. Um, Central Florida is going to be interesting. I don't know a lot of individually. We just can see the resume and the resume. Uh, they've, you know, they've played a similar level of difficulty to Wichita State. So we'll see. I, I think that, I think that Wichita State in the conference, Tommy, will surprise us in some games. I definitely think they're going to win some games you don't pencil them in for. 
Um, it's how consistent can they play, I think, that becomes the difference in where they finish in the league. And can they consistently give you that baseline of great defense and trying not to turn the ball over? Uh, let's go to the phone lines. We've got Bucky on the line. Uh, Bucky, what's on your mind? Uh, yeah, well, I want to just show you the importance of Craig Porter. Uh, it's much, much more than what you guys are talking about. The uh, last uh, season, Wichita State was ahead of uh, Kansas State, had them beat at uh, Interest Bank Arena. Craig Porter gets hurt, leaves the game, and Wichita State loses the game. And then he's out six games. They lose all six games. And the uh, the year before the games, he was out, even though it was the COVID, uh, during the COVID time, no, when he's when he's not there, they lose. I mean, they've got a chance when he's there, but when they don't, uh, no, I'd say, I'd say six and a half sounds about right, uh, because uh, uh, Wichita State can keep it close as long as they can hold on to the ball. But uh, no, there's uh, I, uh, no, he's for some reason they've never been able to play without him. I mean. In, I don't know if it's mental, but uh, the the new guys coming in don't. This one fellow was supposed to be here just just to replace him. Well, it doesn't come close, and uh, it comes in, and uh, the other team picks up about three or four points more while he was gone. But that's uh, uh, that's all I had to say. Is uh, no, I he, he's he's way too much. He he's uh, too he he's too valuable for the team i don't know how they let a guy get that valuable but anyway that's all i have thanks appreciate it bucky and and it is a good point and he has been too valuable the one thing i'll say though is we don't know what this team this year is as much without him because they've had him right and and the expectation's been there but there hasn't outside of like little spots within individual games this team has never prepared without him. This team's never come up with a game plan to not have him, and they've had some time to do that now. So let's see what happens. There, I don't see any world where the team is as good without Craig Porter Jr., so don't no. mistake that at all. It, that, that's not going to be the case. But we have to at least allow the opportunity for the team to be something of what, you know, what is it without him. Maybe it's... Maybe it's a team that gets a little more offensive firepower shooting the ball. I mean, I don't know what it is. But the the one thing that Porter has done this year that has not been good is he's turned the ball over. So what does it mean if they have a different rotation that maybe doesn't have as much offensive ability but also doesn't turn the ball over as much and they play the same level of baseline defense? I don't know. Let's see it play out. Well, look, I said this before the season even started, uh, that this team will go as Craig Porter goes. Um, and so if he can't go, then the team doesn't go. That being said, though, I think that there is a scenario. I don't know how likely the scenario is, and I'm not counting on it. But to Bucky's point, the Shockers have relied on Craig Porter because you kind of have to. Uh, and they've not won games without Craig Porter there. This is a chance for Isaac Brown to be able to put together a squad and for the guys, and I'm not suggesting, and to your point too, not saying that the team will be anywhere as good without Craig Porter there, 
but eventually you're going to have to prepare for a life without Craig Porter, right? He's not going to be around forever. And so this gives an opportunity for other players. I mentioned Jaron Pierre and, you know, some of these other guys to be able to come in. I, I look at the, the hometown guy, Xavier Bell, um, who I think is underwhelmed a little bit in his first season with Wichita State, giving them a chance to be able to shine a little bit in the absence of Craig Porter, assuming that he doesn't play. Again, I'm not suggesting that that's a likely scenario to happen, but I do think that, to your point, as you mentioned, the Shockers have been able to prepare without to prepare that he won't be playing because he hasn't practiced this week. So maybe there's something that Isaac Brown can unlock. Maybe there's a way that something can happen with the current guys that he's going to run out there with that you know maybe they can they can produce a little bit better than what we've expected them to do without Craig Porter. Yeah, and, and this is an opportunity, and we can finish with this. You brought up Isaac Brown, and I think that's a good point. The, the Shockers did not react well last year to Etienne not playing well. They never could recover from that, and that was a that was a problem, right? So now here's this other opportunity for IB to react to not having a key player, or at least you know, in Etienne's case, it was having a key player not play well. And in this case, it's not having your key player. How do they react to that? It's a big moment for IB, I think, to do something. And we'll see. It is a, look, it's a it's a big spot for Wichita State tonight. It's a big, bigger spot probably for IB. You know, I don't know how big a spot's going to get to open conference play and on the road and all that kind of stuff. But for the coach there, it's a big spot because they've had a week to prepare without Porter. Do they look lost without him or, you know, do they hold their own without him? And I think that's as big a storyline, you know, as anything outside of actively winning or losing the game that we're going to see tonight. So there it is. It's out there for you. That game tips. Uh, you'll hear it on KYN. Tips at 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 5. Uh, the Shockers get into the conference season. Here we go. It is that time of year. Once we get through this bowl week, boy, we're going to be – Locked and loaded and ready to go for conference basketball. Cannot wait. Let's take a quick break. 869-1240 if you want to weigh in. It's all Brockton Caster on a Wednesday. We'll return after this. Welcome back, everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster alongside you. All right, Tommy, let's talk a little bit about these lines on our bowl games here uh, just a little bit. Um, so we have KU, which we briefly mentioned, is now, and this is really interesting. I'm surprised by this. The line has moved toward Kansas a little bit. I don't know why that is. It could be because people in Kansas are going nuts and, and laying a bunch of money. I, I don't know, but I'm I'm pretty surprised by that. I never thought this this line would be this close on this game, and I'm not sure why that is or what that tells us, but I figured KU would come into this game and be about a touchdown underdog. Um, but it's right there. And I, I mean, I'm going to take KU. It's it. I have no feel for it, though, like none. Um I, I, I'll tell you what I do like. I like the over. And and I know the over is all the way up at 69. It's huge. But the way – from what we've seen Kansas do all year, right, and 
based on what Arkansas does. I'm going to tell you, let's just look at the schedule here. KU went over 69 against West Virginia, against Houston. Uh, again, Duke, they went to 62, so they went under there. Iowa State was under. TCU was right at 69. Oklahoma was over. Uh, Baylor was under. Oklahoma State was under. Tech was over. Texas was right at it again. They've hit that number a few times. Kansas State was over. So they've gone over it more often than they've gone under it. I think, and and, and I like it because I think there is a good chance that Kansas game plans and schemes things out to be good and effective offensively. And I'm not sure that it gets much more than just what we've seen from them and the and the talent on the field to be able to just stop Arkansas all of a sudden. So that's kind of where I it's kind of why I lean to the over a little bit. I'm going to give you a doomsday scenario for Kansas that I I can't believe I'm even putting it out in the universe oh, there's because I don't one. I don't want it to happen. Uh, I don't think it will, but you never know. And this could be doomsday for Kansas in real life in the real football game. But also for for betting purposes, where the under, I think, could come into play, where we know that Kansas's defense has a hard time stopping the run. Brian Haney talked about that being one of the major keys to the game last hour. Um, but if they can't and Arkansas scores and they jump out to a lead, uh, you know, they can burn a lot of clock by running the football. On top of that, I think that this game is incredibly important for Andy Kotelnicki as the offensive coordinator because all we've talked about and everybody has talked about all season long is the creativity of the Kansas offense and the 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 schemes and the looks the looks they show and um you know it, it really caught defenses off guard um especially early in the season well defenses adjust right and you better believe that Arkansas especially in this bowl game uh has watched a ton of film on the different things that Kansas shows offensively. Sam Pittman even said in the media availability that he's really impressed with the offensive schemes that Kansas throws out there. Um, So if Arkansas can run the football and Kansas can't stop them, and if uh, the Arkansas defense adjusts well and the Kansas offense does not, that could be a doomsday scenario for Kansas to lose the game and also for that under to be in, in play. I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case, but I'm keeping my eyes on that. I'm going to give you the other piece of the doomsday scenario. Everything you just said, plus Jalen Daniels hasn't looked overwhelming like he did early in the year since he's been back, right? Like it's been a little bit limited. The Texas game, 230 yards passing, 12 yards rushing. The K-State game, 168 yards passing, 51 yards rushing. A little better running the ball but nothing close to what we saw early in the year when we thought he might be a Heisman candidate. So that's the other piece of it, too, is what is Jalen Daniels now? He's had a lot of time to continue to get healthy, but yeah, that, that's the it's big part not of it, right? the same Jalen Daniels that we saw most recently to what we saw early in the year. I think there's a good chance he does get back to that. I think it has to do with health as much as anything else. Um, but it's the yeah, I don't think it's room. A- I don't think it's ability. I don't think it's execution or lack thereof. I think it's just strictly the health. And you know, Kansas brought him back. That first game that he came back in, he didn't look like the normal Jalen Daniels. And not not in the terms of like ability or decision-making or confidence. Just he didn't look healthy. Uh, and right. I'm not sure that he probably should have been out on the field for that game. Uh, but he's had a month uh, longer to be able to get healthy. 
Um, so I, I don't think I'm not concerned about that um, as as part of this scenario. Uh, but that being said, I mean, th- there's there's a lot of what ifs. Right. Um, and if if this happens, if X happens, then Y could happen. Um, I, you know, I'm laying out a potential doomsday situation that I don't think will happen. But I think it's worth watching. Um, I like Kansas to win this game. We're going, you know, going back to the line, especially as it shrinks, you know, more and more towards the Kansas side. Um, I like the Jayhawks on the money line. That's where I took them. Um, you know, I, I got in, um, I think yesterday on the money line because at least you're getting plus money on that. You know, for them to cover two and a half, um, that's a that's a small enough margin where you're not getting very good odds. Um, so I would right. just rather place money on Kansas on the money line on on that plus. Well, yeah, it's under the field goal. Um, again, I, I I right when the lines first came out, I think I I hit a. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. I think I placed on the side of yeah. I actually took Arkansas, Arkansas on the money line when it first opened because I couldn't believe that they weren't getting more points and I thought that they were going to. Now that's a bet I made, I don't know, a month ago, right when the bowl game lines came out. Just like gut reaction, quick fire from the hip. But and then I picked Kansas this week. So so obviously I'm I'm real undecided on it. I think if I place any more on it, and I'll have to do that before I drive to Texas, by the way, it will be that I'm going to cook in Jalen Daniels being more back to what we saw early in the year and Kansas doing what we've seen pretty much all year, and that's struggling to stop the run, which is kind of what Arkansas does. That's why I kind of like the over. I don't love either side of the line. Um, I I do think both teams will come to play, which is another thing that leads me to an over. I I think both teams are highly motivated for a variety of reasons, so that will help. But let's flip to Kansas State real quick because their line right now is – plus six and a half. And it's, it's been an interesting one to watch because you've kind of seen, um, you've kind of seen it go to K state hard when everyone thought Alabama's players were going to sit and then Alabama's players are going to play. And then it went the other way. And then K state's players all said they're going to play. And now it's sort of settled back into where it always has been. Right. Um, I, when I got it again on that bet a long time ago, let's see what I got that at. Um, I got to find that here again. Sorry. So I got Kansas State on the money line at plus 130. They're now on the money line at plus 200. So I missed an opportunity there. I took it more of when everyone thought Arkansas's players were all going to, I mean, uh, Alabama's players were all going to sit out. And we we kind of had a gut feel that K-State was going to play it out, right? Because Deuce Vaughn had immediately said he was playing. So I missed an opportunity there. K-State now looks better on the money line. I still think the K-State money line is the bet or the Alabama or the Alabama side, but I, because I think it's, I I do think this feels kind of like a toss up game. I I like Kansas state stylistically in this to be able to control things a little bit. I like the idea of integrating just a little bit of Adrian Martinez into the offense and what he provides as, as a thing that's hard for Alabama to prepare for. And it really comes down to me, Tommy, to do we get the K-State defense all the way through that we know is one of the best in the league, or do they have any lapses like we saw in so many games where for a half or whatever, it took them time to adjust? So 
that's really the question. And I'll, you know, I'll take preparation when it comes to Coach Kleiman and his staff. And I'll, and I'll, st- I still think the K State money line's a pretty good play there because you're getting now you're getting two to one odds on it. Yeah, this game is a major litmus test on not only Kansas State and how good of a football team they actually are, but it's also a litmus test to see how good the Big Twelve is. Uh, you know, compared to um, the SEC. Now we know TCU is in the CFP. Uh, but, you know, Kansas State against an Alabama team that just missed out uh, on being in the CFP, I think you've got you've got a chance here as a conference to be able to show, hey, we're right up there with the SEC. So I think that that's, that's going to be a major litmus test in this game. Um, you know, the, the line is interesting. Um, it looks like over 80% of the bets that have been placed have been on Alabama in this game. Um, and I, I don't disagree with that. I don't... Um, that doesn't surprise me that people are putting quite a bit of money down on Alabama to cover um, with, with with the line right now at six and a half. If it was a touchdown or more, um, I would be much, much more interested in putting money on Kansas State to cover um, that six and a half is tough um, because I don't know. Right. I don't know if it's going to be a field goal game. Uh, it could very well be a touchdown game. I mean, I, I think that that line is kind of right on, um, but I wish it was a half a point higher. If it was a half a point yeah, higher, yep. um, I would ju- I would jump on it for Kansas State to cover. If it was seven or seven and a half, I would take the points as well. Yep. Since it's not, I'm going to take the money line because I think yeah. it's just as likely K-State wins the game as it is, plays it really close. Agreed. And at that point, I'll take the two to one odds. But yeah, if I was like getting a touchdown. Under? Do you like the under? Uh, if I had to take either side, probably, but you know, both offenses are also explosive. And the only thing, 56 isn't a terribly high number for college football. And if K-State at any point in that game has that defensive lapse that we've seen, I think they'll probably easily get over that number. But again, if I'm if I'm betting K-State to win it on the money line, their defense is a reason for that. So it doesn't make a lot of sense to take both the over and the K-State money line to me. Um so tell you, I, I don't know. The the over is winning out with betters nationally. 80% of the bets that have come in are on the over in this game. Uh, and so I, I think a lot of folks are looking at that 56 number and thinking that is a relatively low number. And uh, because of the abilities that both of these teams have uh, to to move the ball down the field and to score points, it uh, looks like a lot of folks are, are thinking the over is going to be in play. Yeah, and that's interesting because I'm just looking at our our uh, friends at BetQL, which is our our you know analytics uh, whatever site that we use here through Odyssey, and we've we've worked with them some in the past. BetQL has the under 56 as a five star bet, which is as high as it can wow. give. Now it likes a lot of unders in the bowl season, a lot of unders, and I would imagine analytically they're cooking in a lot of players missing time. Um, and the preparation time for defense is to be prepared. But it is one of the games it puts as a five-star is that under. I do think if the Kansas State money line is in play, probably the under is. But I don't like it. I, I, I don't really love the 56 because I think there are too many scenarios in play. I think there are too many potential outcomes in play on either side of that number. I absolutely think that there is a case where Alabama's defense is too much for K-State's offense. 
that's that's totally yeah. in play, right? Sure. Which leans itself to the under. I think there's absolutely a case where Adrian Martinez comes in and the K-State offense and Deuce Vaughn keep them on their heels and both teams score a ton of points. I, I, I Honestly, like every possible outcome for this game is in play outside of a K-State blowout win. I think I we can see be the case. No, I don't either. But as far as potential outcomes, I think absolutely K-State can win the game. I think absolutely K-State can win a close game. Absolutely Alabama can win a close game. And absolutely Alabama could blow them out a little bit. But I, I don't think K-State blows them out. So with that many potential possibilities out there, I, I kind of don't like the <laughs> over-under. So here's some free advice from uh, somebody who's not a betting expert, but this is what I would do uh, in this game. If you're going to bet Kansas on the money line, then also take the under, right? And if you're going to bet Alabama to Kansas cover State. the spread, yeah. what, did I say Alabama? I meant Kansas State. Uh, yeah, so if you're going to bet Kansas State on the money line, take the under. Uh, right. And if you're going to bet Alabama to cover that six and a half, then take the over. That, that's the way that I would play I this. I agree with that. Um, yep, I agree but with that. Uh, other than that, I mean, it, even, even then, both of those scenarios – like you mentioned it before, a toss-up, right? I don't know which direction to take it. I don't know if I want to take Kansas State on the money line in the under or if I want to take Alabama to cover and take the over. Well, it's one of the reasons that this is one of our favorite games, right, of the bowl season, not just because Kansas State's in it, but because, to me, it's the most dynamic and interesting matchup, um, and you have all the players playing. For those reasons, outside of the four CFP games, to me, this is unquestionably the best bowl game. Um, and I think the one people all over the country will be the most locked into. And that's so awesome for Kansas State. And I really, really, really hope they show up and play well. Uh, we'll talk, uh, you and Paul, will talk to Tim Fitzgerald more about that tomorrow uh, as we get ready for that game. KU plays tonight. Uh, it's been a lot of buildup and a lot of hype. We've We've made it. We've survived the silly, nonsensical gap between the end of the regular season and this. So here we go. College football takes center stage. We'll come back on Sports Daily, Albrockton Caster, right after this. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. 
baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Tommy, Mike Gundy uh, doesn't like a question in a press conference, breaking news, right? Um, a reporter asked Mike Gundy after Oklahoma State played last night if he anticipates making any staff changes. Oklahoma State has fallen hard late in the year. Uh, Mike Gundy has a long history of getting chippy with reporters when he doesn't like questions. He basically threatened to pull this reporter's credential, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Um you're a man, you're 40, you can handle a question. Now, I, I take this at two parts, Tommy. I don't care that he got mad and upset and defends his coaches and the situation and the timing of that. That doesn't bother me at all. In fact, I, I sort of appreciate that, that Gundy would take the back and the stance that he took. But then to threaten to pull a guy's credential is like the sissiest thing I've ever heard at the same time. Is sissy, I, I apologize if that's not... A word that we're supposed to say anymore, um, <laughs> but it is. But it is like it is like it's. Uh, I mean, come on, man! Like defend your coaches and and the moment he has every right to sit there in that moment and not appreciate that question. I've got no issue with that whatsoever. I think that can be handled better. But I don't care that he wants to defend his coaches and that he knows how painful a decision he's about to have to make and he doesn't want to air that out publicly. I I don't. That part of it doesn't bother me. I'm fine with that. In fact. What bothers me is that you're too big of a baby to to threaten to pull somebody's credential because you don't like their question. Like that's his job, just like your job is to make that tough decision. Give me a break. Yeah, this is kind of a bummer for me because I've always kind of liked Mike Gundy. Um, I do like Mike Gundy. I, you know, he's been around for a long time. I would argue he maybe has been around for too long. Um, he's been at Oklahoma State no forever, way. right? You don't no think he's way. been? I, I think no. he's, I don't know. He's, I think he's one of those, around. he's one of those careful what you wish for guys. Oklahoma well, State is relevant every single year. You fire him and who knows what happens to that program. Absolutely not. I'm just saying a breath of fresh air after being there for 15 plus years might not be a terrible idea, but that's beside the point. I've always liked Mike Gundy. Um, you know, the, the rant, that was a long time ago. Like I was in college when that I'm a man, I'm 40 rant went down because I remember we talked about it in a journalism class when I was in college. That was a long time ago. Uh, and I like watching it back because it's kind of funny. Right. And then he did the whole thing with growing out the mullet and, you know, he's, he's always been a character. I've always been, um, you know, entertained by him. This is, yeah, to your point, he's a baby. He was a baby. Then I found it amusing. I didn't really find this exchange amusing at all. I found it uh, no, this was more genuine. Bit, you know? Yeah, this was more genuine. And and look, I don't have any issue with the question that was asked either, um, because it's a question that is if if it's a question that everybody wants to know the answer to, it's an absolutely relevant question in a press conference, which is the availability a coach gives to talk about these things. Now, it comes with players there. It comes right after that. I I get it. I've got no problem with the question. 
and I've got no problem with him taking offense to the question because if I was in his shoes, I would do the exact same thing. If I was about to have to fire friends, right, and guys that have gone to war with me because it's because it's what has to be done in this cutthroat business, I would take offense to I, I would take offense to to somebody trying to have me do that publicly at the same time, right? Like I wouldn't like that either. So I'm not bothered by his offense taken to the question. I'm not bothered by the question either. The only thing that bothers me is him trying to threaten the guy by pulling his credential. And now this, I think it's a young guy is like trying to apologize. He don't apologize. He did your job. And it sucks, by the way, to be on that side of it and have to ask that question. Nobody wants to ask that question. We all know it's going to be super uncomfortable and awkward. Nobody wants to. Like, that sucks, too. So just just be a man. Be 55 or however old you are now. <laughs> and, like, don't threaten somebody to pull their credentials. Good grief. Like, give me a break on that part of it. Everything else, I'm fine with the exchange. I think it's all very normal and healthy. He was so much more fun when he had a mullet. I Maybe he – it's kind of like Samson, mullet right? Mullet Mike. You, he loses his powers when he cuts his hair. Kind of the same thing with Mike Gundy. Grow the hair it's back still- out. It's Have still a little fun. mullety. Like it's still yeah. a mullet light. It's in that halfway stage where it's it just it's bad. Like go all I, in on the mullet or not at all. I still haven't forgiven my wife for making me cut my son's mullet. I'm pro mullet for sure. Uh, go watch the exchange if you haven't. You can make your own call on it. Eight six nine twelve forty. We'll come back. We'll wrap it up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.